forward to our next guest. And that's why I'm going to give you the honor of introducing. I am, this is my time? Yeah, this is your time, do man. We, do we have him, Sammy? Do we, do we have our next guest? I don't know. I'm okay. here. All right, there he is. <laughs> uh, we are joined now by Bob Bourne. I believe uh, the, Sammy has written former New York uh, Islander. Uh, four-time Stanley Kitch, uh, Stanley Cup champion. Thanks for joining us, Dad. How you doing today? I'm doing, yeah, doing really good. Uh, I was busy this morning. Yeah, I'm feeling really good. So, yeah, I follow you guys all the time. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah, no, we appreciate you coming on. And obviously a, a, a tough time right now in New York, uh, Islanders land, obviously uh, the passing of... Uh, of your friend there, Mike Bossy today, um, you know, our condolences, mine as well, uh, to you. I know it's gotta be a tough day. Um, do you have any, any particular memories of, uh, of your time with Mike that you want to share with us? Uh, I know again, it's just gotta be a tough time. Well, I think the biggest thing with me, Justin is like, you know, he, uh, he was one of those players that taught me how to be a player. Um, yeah, you know, like he came in three or four years after I did, but he still he still taught me over those years. He uh, he was very concentrated. He was intense. Uh, all he all he cared about was helping the New York Islanders win, and that's what I love about Mike Bossy. He played, <coughs> excuse me, he played he played as hard in the tough games as he did in the easy games. Like he played. You know, we were in a tough division in those days. Like, uh, I know, Kipper, you'll understand, is like the the Rangers and the Flyers and Boston Bruins, right? And there was a lot of brawls in those days, and a lot of it was because of Mike Bossy, because we were trying to look after him. But uh, he he didn't need it, because he just came to play every night. Bob, first of all, uh, a big thrill for me again having you on the show for no other reason. Um, I'm, I'm having such a blast working with your son. And, uh, uh-huh. you know, I also had an earlier thrill, um, you know, uh, when Clark Gillies, unfortunately, we lost him. But just getting him on the show, what felt with like three or four weeks before his passing. You know, I'm a Toronto kid growing up, Bob, and uh, uh, loved the Leafs, grew up. My Sittler and McDonald were my heroes, but... The I fell in love with the Islanders too. I fell in love with your New York Islander team for no other reason, uh, as uh, because of the things that you stood for. Um, watching you guys win those Stanley Cups, um, and just watching a guy like Mike, who kind of went against the grain a little bit when it came to what we experienced in those in that era, and you. Most of the players had to fight their own battles. And it's not that Mike needed to fight his own battles. It was just he was so above and beyond the skill level that he it was just all about, like, he could have scored 60 or 70 goals in any era. This guy was that good, wasn't he? You know what, Nick? He so was. Um, he was. He was a type of guy that, you know, Whenever our team needed a really goal, it was it was amazing. Like Mike Bossy scored the goal, and um, what I loved about him is, like I said before, like he played hard in Philly and he played hard in Boston. He didn't care. 
like, you know, he, the poor guy was uh, subjected to so a lot of physical pain in those days. Like, you know, they'd have a checker on like Tiger Williams or uh, Stan Jonathan or something like that. And it didn't bother Mike one bit. Like he'd go in and score two goals in Boston or two goals in Philly. And, you know, we used to play, you know, some softer teams. And I'm talking about, oh, I don't know, the Cleveland Barons or something like that when they were in the league. But, uh, you know, Mike never ate up in those. He ate up in the tough teams. And, you know, our biggest rivalry was always obviously the New York Rangers. And uh, Mike always showed up to those games. How does the the rest of the team feel right now here in Toronto? I know you follow along and seeing like Austin Matthews chasing 60 goals and all these, the pursuit of the personal records. How did, how did it feel for you guys like watching Bossy or even at times Troche chasing 50 goals or 60 goals? You know, did it feel like it overshadowed the team or were you, you know, in support? You wanted to do that for him. How was it for the rest of you guys? Oh, no, definitely in support. Um, I was on the ice when Mike scored his 50th goal in 50 games, and I'll never forget the night. Uh, we were playing the Quebec Nordiques, and um, he had to get three. Like He had 47. He had to get three more that night. Well, he scored one in the first period. He scored a second one, uh, middle of the third period, and then I was on the ice, and I'll never forget, I was in behind him, and he got a... He was in that slot where Ovechkin sits, mm-hmm. and he got all there. And I'll never forget his reaction. Like he, it made him so happy, um, and Mike deserved it. Um, but my God, the, the, the stuff he put on the sheet—like nine fifty goal years in a row—my God, that, that's scary to me. You know, Bob, it's not like he was uh, the first pick overall, and he did score a ton of goals in junior. But was there a sense right off the bat when you watched him out of training camp or those those early few months that you had a, a teammate that was going to be something special? Oh, I'm so glad you asked that question because I'll tell you what. <laughs> you know, we were very close to becoming a good team in those years, like 78, 79. So when Mike came, I saw him in training camp for the first time, and I says oh, my God, this guy can't even skate. (laughs) (laughs) Like, he, he, uh, I looked at I said, this is our first-round draft pick. But I'll never forget the very first game we had that year was in Buffalo, and that was the years of Pearl and Rennie Robert and Richards and, you know, Schoenfeld and Donnie Edwards. They had a really good team. So our first game was in Buffalo, and uh, we were both really good defensive teams. And uh, halfway through the third period, it's 0-0. And all of a sudden, with about five minutes to go, Trotty and Bossy go down, and Boss scores a goal literally from the uh, blue line. Just a little, you know you know how his wrists were, just a little flick, like Austin Matthews. It was just a little quick switch. And I went in one nothing. He scored a goal two minutes later. We won 2 nothing, And that's... That's kind of when Mike, we all looked at each other and we said, okay, this guy's going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. you know, here in, in uh, Toronto, they're trying to get over that playoff hump. And I know you guys kind of came up against it in the, in the playoffs before breaking through and winning all the Stanley cups. You know, is there something that has to change for a team? What was it for you guys that allowed you to sort of plow through, um, you know, the roadblock and eventually find your way, finding your way to postseason success? 
Well, we were just so embarrassed because we lost to the uh, Maple Leafs a year before, right? And Lanny uh, McDonald's overtime goal, right? Lanny McDonald's overtime game seven, right? And we we had, uh, I believe it was fifty more points than Toronto did during the regular season, and we got you know it was one through eight, so they finished up with sixty some points, and we had one hundred and twenty points, and. After that series, we all thought we were going to be traded and Bill Torrey was going to break down the team and blah, blah, blah. But he never did. He stuck with – well, he stood still, didn't do anything, and we realized that we had something special. And that's what the coaches said the next year was we got something special. And the old story is you got to learn how to lose before you learn how to win, right? So here I am looking at Toronto – and they got, I mean, I love their team, but they still, I know they lost to Boston twice and blah, 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 but I, I still don't know if they can get there. They have to lose. They they have to probably play one of the best teams in the league in the first series, and that's going to be a beautiful series. And was the tweak for Butch uh, Goring being traded from L.A. Uh, part of that equation? Changed everything, Nick. I mean, you know, like we had the number one line of Trotsky, Bossy, and Gillies, and then we needed a second line, uh, which I became, and I, I became a, you know, Butchie's left winger, and, and he was probably the best center iceman I ever played with. And no offense, Trotsky, because it was beautiful when I played with Brian, but no, I believe, you know, the other teams couldn't concentrate on Trotsky, Bossy, and Gillies. And then we had, you know, our line, and then we had that third line of uh, Merrick and Tanelli and Nice. They couldn't play anyone against us, um, and so Butchie turned everything. How important do you think like the team aspect? So I look at the great teams in the NHL today and the Tampa Bay Lightning win cups and they got to break them up because the salary cap. No one gets to be a team for a long time anymore. The way that you guys stayed a team um, you know, how important is that that element of being together for a long time? The Leafs are getting that a little bit with their core. Does that make a difference, just having a lot of years together with the same people? Oh, I really believe that. Um, you know, I, I played with all those guys for, what, 10 years, 12 years of my life. Yeah. Uh, like like Tommy Johnson and Anders Keller and uh, Gordy Lane and all those guys, Wayne Merrick and the Bobby Nystrom and stuff. We we became we're family, and, and you know both of you guys have played on teams. We're your family, yeah. and that's what we that's what we became. I mean, the wives were involved, and we just became so close. But I really believe that um, you know one thing that goes amiss with all our Islander teams is we won nineteen serious uh, series. In a row, right? Mm-hmm. Well, no, no team is ever going to do that again, ever, ever. It ever. Is, it's incredible. I'm watching Tom Wilson yep. last night for Washington, and I'm like thinking yep. about your teams, and you had like five Tom Wilsons. <laughs> you know what, Nick? I was thinking about that today. I saw that. <laughs> I saw the fight last night. I saw it this morning, actually. And Tom Wilson would have been a superstar in our team. <laughs> I look. I love that kid. Like he, uh, you know, every, he's, he's one of those guys like Marshawn, you know, you hate playing against him, but you can sure play in my team. 
And uh, Tom Wilson, to me, is, is one of the superstars out there. Well, condolences to you and the Islander family um, and, and to the whole <laughs> hockey world. We lost a, a great one. But I can't thank you enough for coming on, Bob. Uh, it was, uh, again, a, th- a thrill for me. And uh, I, I hope your son feels the yeah, same way. But thanks, Dad. He's, he's too young. <laughs> he's too young for me. I, I feel like I got my autograph book all over again out uh, talking about your yeah. team, and I'm looking at your kid going at you're too young, man. Oh, come on. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks, Dad. Yeah. We appreciate it. Yeah, anytime, Justin. And uh, Nick, anytime you're on the call, give me a shout. Bob Bourne, New York Islander, four time Stanley Cup champion, and Dad. Yes. You know, it's uh, it's funny as, I, as I've gotten got, gotten older. Looking back at those like Islander years and some of the memories I had, and when you're a kid, you just don't even like appreciate what's around you. You know, like it's just your it's, everyday. It's hard. Work. It's hard. Yeah, like you're the other kids that you're around yeah. are also the kids of hockey yeah. players. So it's yeah. not like any of us are like this but is cool, this, huh? This it's like is, this is your family. It's not your team, right? It's just right? it's your family. So then you get a little older and you're like looking back yeah. and you're like, hey, that was kind of a thing, huh? Yeah. But that, anyway. And, that, uh, that, was, that was awesome. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. It was awesome. It and really was it awesome. It is sad. It's, uh, it's another sad day. It's, uh, you know, losing, I, I hate to say this, but it feels like losing Clark all over again. You I know? know. I know. Another one, and you're like, okay, enough already. You know, we're, we're losing these guys too young. And uh, I grew up, they were my heroes. I, I loved listening to your dad because every time he dropped the name, it's like, Oh, I had his hockey card or yeah. I had his sticker in my SO book, yeah. you know, <laughs> and I collected all these. And it's really cool for me to be a part of that conversation. I, I am too young to, I have no idea about the Islanders like dominance. I just, you yeah. know, it's just a, a, an era for me. That everything just, they and, had. Everything. And my dad, will just anytime I bring up, they say, oh my God, that team, that team. It's like, it's just. But it his, was, you know, what's funny is I didn't know that he talked about losing to Toronto in the first round. They yeah. had like 50 more points yeah, or something. I, so I, I, how good was that team for five years or six years? I was at Ross Helpern's basement. It was a Saturday night. It was a party, a grade seven party, and Lanny scored in overtime. Oh, you guys must and have gone we bonkers. Crazy. Crushing the Could fun. Could not day. believe it. I was out of my mind. <laughs> Sammy. I was super fan Sammy. <laughs> I was uh, taking yeah. the role of Sammy watching the Leafs upset <laughs> the best team in the league. I got it. You know, they say that the the team you're a fan of when you're like eight to 13 years old, when you have when they're yeah. good that's the team you're you know a fan of for life that's you at that age yeah. of the leafs winning yeah. putting on the leaf for you must have been like mind blowing yeah, like i play for this team yeah it's like uh, opening up a box at christmas it's just and putting on a jersey it's just must have been insane yeah that's and, so cool uh, they were close the leafs were close mm-hmm. and then i don't know what happened imlac came in and hated everybody and blew it up yeah Gord Stalick showed up <laughs> oh, come on now. Oh, Gord was a super fan like me, I think, out of Vanier, George S. Vanier. But uh, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. All right. Um, First off, we need text requests. Oh, we text do. Text 59590. Are, are we doing that on a Friday? Yeah, end of the show on a Friday. We're taking texts and tweets at Sammy McKee or text 59590. And we are happy and to... And YouTube, too, please. Oh, and YouTube comments, too. Yeah, yeah Sammy every... will be digging through to yeah. find the... Okay, so we, we've got Carey Price news. There's a oh, sighting yeah. of Carey right. Price. And it is a big deal, but would have been a bigger deal if 
Montreal wasn't so bad over the course of the season, but... We did debate leading the show with the Carey Price news, and I will say I got Hold shouted on. down on. on that. There was no debate. <laughs> yeah, there's no debate. <laughs> we like Carey Price, and we're glad he's back. Yeah. But I don't think this is a lead story. Do you think it's Im- important for him to come back this yes, season? Yeah, I do. I do, because... I think there'll be scenarios where there'll be talk this summer about Carey Price possibly moving on and what the interest would be and what would the cost be. And that can't happen Mm -hmm. unless you have a pretty good indication that this guy looks and feels like he, he can come back. I wonder if he's interested in going somewhere else, you know, not because, you know, he's not an all-time Montreal Canadian great or anything, just because, you know, he's been through some stuff there. The team's not going to be very good. He's at the end of his career, I, I would say, statistically. He's age. You know, I, I wonder if he's interested in demonstrating that he's able to play somewhere else. 34. I Sammy? I'll look it up for you right now. Yeah. So that's one thing. The other thing for me is just to prove to himself that he's able to do it, to not go through the whole summer with the questions like what it's, what is it going to feel like to see NHL shots again, to, to face that level of competition, to get that out of the way, to prove to himself that he can still do it before summertime. August 16th, 1987, he's 34 years old. 34. You know what it reminds me of is when he someone tells you, uh, like, we need to talk later. This is this is that, that, like, uncertainty. This gets it out of the way. Even if the news is bad for Kerry, just get it out of the way and get in the net. He had surgery that was described as a four to six week injury. Like he was supposed to. Remember, we talked about him for Team Canada. We talked about him playing for the Olympic team. That feels like a lifetime. Does anybody, you know, or is this kind of like. Doug Armstrong on our show was like four weeks for the Olympics. It was like, yeah, he might be the guy. Does that get discussed at all? Does that ever get talked about? Like why? What happened? I mean, we heard swelling. Okay. But. Like, come on. Like, you missed the whole season? Like, so what else I, yeah. was there that, uh, what what went wrong that you diagnosed four to six weeks that turned into five months? There was never any day where you would have expected a report from the Canadians. So I get why they just kind of sat there and went like, oh, no one's saying anything. Yeah, but no yeah, one's going to say anything. Clearly, something did not go well in the recovery. I highly doubt that they were like, let's just give this an extra three months. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, so something went wrong. So where do you think uh, Carey Price starts game one of the uh, <laughs> of the next season? I was going to say season. 2022, 2023 is right, right? That's what year we'll be in? What? We'll be in Montreal? We'll be in Montreal. Okay. And I, I, I would think that uh, they're going to need team, teams that would be interested in and Carey Price would need a lot more than a handful of games left in this regular think season. So. I, I he can come out and look great in in one or two of these games, but it won't be enough. We're talking like Detroit, Buffalo, New Jersey. Any of those teams want to pay? Because Price has I don't know how many years left on his contract. I will look that up. But he's got years left on that deal. It so. is such a hard. It's so hard, and you're going to have to attract a third team to take more money off of his contract. He's at 10-5 on an AAV. Even if you ask Montreal to take $2 million off of it, it yeah. still might be too expensive God, for most 2026. teams. 2026. 
That's it's kind of reminded me of uh, Roberto Luongo at the end of his career in uh, Vancouver. Remember when he came out? He's like, my contract, my contract sucks. sucks, and everyone's like, you're making a lot of don't money. Don't say that. Yeah, but then he w- he wasn't able to be moved because of how much money he was making. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's likely the situation with Price. I... The the one thing is that the real dollars he's made the bulk of real dollars. He's only owed uh, seven and a half. It looks like. For, for the last few years, which matters. I'm sorry, four left? Four left after this season, yep. Okay. And he's and he's not owed uh, so 10.5 in real dollars. What, what is he owed in real money? 7.75, 8.5, 7.5, 7.5. Okay. So that helps. Take some of the sting out. You're looking for yeah, team. If, if you're like cash poor. Yeah, if you're Phoenix. Who isn't cash poor? All the owners just took one off the chin. Dallas, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I, but yeah, I don't think he'd be. I, honestly, honestly, I, I think he'd love to be in Seattle, right? Oh yeah, he's a Pacific Northwestern yes. guy. Northwestern. <laughs> but they kind of kicked that out the window by spending ten million on two terrible goalies. Well, can you find a taker for Grubauer? Leafs. <laughs> <laughs> Leafs. Well, listen. Let's start with just watching him. Uh, uh, in his in his only uh, uh, appearance coming up, yep. and uh, we'll go from there. Hopefully it goes well. I'm rooting for him. I know he's been through some S-word, so rooting for him. Um, but, uh, Sammy, if we have any questions, let us know. I'm going to ask us our own questions until I'm told you have one. Oh, okay. Um, play-in tournament, NBA. Uh... So here, here's the format for the NBA play-in tournament, Kipper. Seven plays eight. Nine plays ten. Yeah. And then the winner of 9-10 plays the loser of 7-8. So you, lo- you win your 7-8 game, you're in. So they have an advantage over 9-10. and 10. It's not like if the 7-seed has to play the 10-seed or something. It's 7 plays 8. Yeah, I know what you're asking. So do you like that for the NHL? Uh, there would be great interest for sure. It's and another game or two to sell. We, we, These teams are all so, interchangeable so in the middle we, anyway. Where are we on the priority list here? Are we? Is it strictly a financial? Is, are we going to bring... Pronger back to Twitter thread what it would mean to allow more people into the dance. But right now it's like Dallas, Nashville, L.A., Vegas. Who can tell them apart? It wasn't supposed to be this way. Play a game or two and the winner gets to play in the playoffs. It wasn't supposed to be this way. Teams weren't supposed to lock in their playoff spots in November in the East. Right. Right? It was supposed to... Parody. It was supposed to be parody. We we had nothing resembling parody this season. No, we didn't. West is right. Yeah. So I don't know. I like the fact that it's a really difficult uh, system to get into a playoff scenario. You you have to have a good season. You have to have a really good season to make the Stanley cup playoffs. Now here is why I think, so I am pro play in. I think generally it's, it's a cool idea. I couldn't be more anti. Here's why I hate you. Something for your point. You guys both, Grew up in the, I'm, I'm getting a ribbon no matter what, <laughs> right? I never got a ribbon for anything, buddy. No? No, because it wasn't good enough. <laughs> but here's a point in Sammy's favor. This year, and I, you can't listen to, you know, there's always going to be these one-offs, but this year in a playoff in the East, the Islanders and Columbus would be playing a 9-10 series to play the winner of Boston-Washington to get in to the playoffs. Uh, right? Yeah, I just... And that would give the Islanders a second chance at life. That's what you want. That's what Barney wants. Because they got screwed by 
COVID and the rink and, and, and the, the new schedule rink. and bleh. right. They're the biggest bounce back candidate next year. The Isles, they are for sure. But uh, that's and uh, you're devaluing your 82 games. And I don't like that either. I, I, I would like, actually like to mo- put more value on it. I like that's what I was going to say. You have a regular season to determine. You play 82 games to determine who the best eight teams are. Right, but you play this whole thing where it's like, so this team's injured and this team traveled more and whatever. They got 89 and 90 points. They're the same team. Listen, I'm the NBA's doing this, and, like, I got to tell you. What's I'm, the response? I'm sure as hell not turning on Pelicans Clippers tonight. Like, I don't care. Like, if it's if it's Columbus and F- whoever, Philly, not Philly, they're terrible. Yeah. Who, who is it going to be, Columbus? Islanders. And, but it's not I'm a, not turning that on. I know, but it, it's, it's like anyway. the outdoor game now. You're not turning the game on yeah, unless it's I, Toronto. I, it's, no, a, it's a regional thing. I still, I'm a sucker for the outdoor game. I still turn it on for a period. In the West, too. you'd have Vegas, Vancouver for for the right to take a crack at Nashville, Dallas. Eh, the Jays weren't playing. Maybe I'd watch it. <laughs> um, I just, I, I don't understand. Like, I, did, I do understand why from a financial. Yeah. I like the midseason tournament for something else. Like a, like a like a soccer style, like FA Cup, or like, okay. or you play for like, uh, I don't know, like the bottom half of the. You play for draft position or something, something wild like that. I give Gary Bettman and, and the league, uh, or at least the owners, a ton of credit here because they haven't bit on that yet. I know. And they would be the first ones, I think, to go, hey, give me the money, give me the money, give me the money. But they're, they're, there's no sense right now that they're... Well, they're putting ads on jerseys and helmets, so yeah, they're know, starting it's, it's, to slip. Yeah, but that's... Uh, who what cares? choice? I, like, I mean, they, oh, you do care about that? Yeah. Have we had this yet? Devastating. No. Oh, do you care about jerseys, logos? I mean, about ads? After everything we've been through in two years, a little less than okay. I did before. But you were hard against it. Come it, on, I, I, I was a kid. I, I loved my Leaf jerseys. Wow, I loved Super my Sittler. <laughs> I loved my Sittler jersey. Man. All these big corporations now are using the pandemic as an excuse to do things they wanted to do in the first place. That's fair, and you I know? just I, I hope it never turns into uh, you know Sparta Prague where it's all ads. But like if they're gonna put a little TikTok wow. logo on there, I don't see care. a NASCAR. Yeah. You know, is it like? <laughs> Does MLSC need another couple million bucks? <laughs> they from a, don't. That's fair. You know? That's fair. But Dallas does. Dallas does. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And that's fine. I, I would, uh, yeah. Arizona does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's what happens when you got 32 of these guys. You got to be the holdout. Find we your do, money We other do places. have too many teams in the league. Yeah. We, we, should, we do. Let's right, we're, not, we're, not, we're, we're, we're totally derailing <laughs> Friday. Honestly, honestly, if you eliminated <sighs> 10, Six. I was going to say, Upwards of ten, uh, you know, six, eight, eight, eight. You would have the most twenty-four, unbelievable, oh, unbelievable, twenty-four, league. unbelievable. Scram beat it. So <laughs> many mad players right now listening to you. Oh my god! Imagine the skill level. <laughs> yeah. It's imagine a six-team league. The skill twenty-four. Level. Okay, I'm with it. I'm down. I'm down. All right, question. All right, where else would we want to go? Yes, I got a question for you. It's from Daniel in Toronto. Given the issues with the defensive depth, was trading Dermot a mistake? Kyle could have saved some cap room by moving a forward instead. And that's from our boy Daniel in Toronto, who texts a lot. Leafs are already pretty Well, you already know how I feel. I mean. They should have kept him. Nine defensemen for sure yeah. that could play, that had ex- had experience. I do believe that they do favors for people in hopes of, like, you know, the word being spread that the Leafs will do right by you if you go play there. You know, I think that's part of it with Dermot. Dermot wasn't getting the chance and didn't feel like he had opportunity to get better and get more minutes, and he was disgruntled, and they said, go enjoy somewhere else. Yeah. And if we 
fall short of one defenseman and we lose in the first round, at least you're happy. <laughs> yeah. Didn't they do this with Miko Letton in? They traded him to Columbus and... I don't want to hear that. No, I know. I know. Hey, it's a... I agree. It's... They could have used him. I think they had a hard time being... They fall in love with their own guys, you know? I had a hard time saying, Derms, you're just going to sit out and watch for the rest of the year. That's the spot he would have been in here. Yeah, he probably would have had a tough time getting back in the lineup, especially if they're going to trade for Giordano. But they probably had to trade him to fit him in. The cap is such a friendly thing. All right, how about this? This is from Kevin Franceschetti. Oh, boy, I butchered Franceschetti? That. Yeah, sure. Is it Lou's son? No, I don't know. But I just butchered that. It's Friday. What is your ideal fourth line heading into game one of the playoffs? Clutterbuck, Zizekas, and Martin from 2016. <laughs> yeah. Uh, was it, who was it? Mullen, Martin, Draper, <laughs> yeah. Maltby, yeah. and McCarty. Yeah. Who is the fourth line for the, for the Ducks? Mullen. Yeah, uh, Travis Mullen, uh, Sammy Paulson. Yeah. Was it Marchman? Maybe uh, Brian Martin. Mm, fast was. Uh, yeah, forget it. Okay, okay we, can't, we can't throw right. the name Blackwell out fast enough. <laughs> I like Black, Blackwell, right? Black, Blackwell's yeah. in the mix. Kasha. Oh, okay. Cash is skated, by the way. We should I mention saw, that. Yeah, I saw him skating. It's on, on the ice. Yeah, quick twirl. Fingers crossed. I mean, if you're going to get him back by playoffs, he's got to be on the ice by now, at least checking. Mm-hmm. That's a start. Hope that he gets a couple games in. Sandine's on the ice. Cash is on the ice. And then they could be off the ice. And then yeah. they're on the ice. You just keep your fingers crossed that they can just to sign that they a very could long be stretch of games now because that's where, that's where you are, are right now. But... Um, is is Spezza there for game one, guys? Spezza's definitely there for game one. For game one, yeah, but I don't think he's in my ideal fourth line. I think last night was my ideal fourth line. I like that. Uh, Clifford, Simmons, Simmons and Blackwell. Blackwell. I, I, I like having the ability to kind of put yeah. some more offense in there with Spezza and, and Abruzese. I do like putting those guys Abru- in there. Abruzese. <laughs> say it with confidence Abruzizi. and no, 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 yeah. Abruzese. It's Abruzese to say. Abruzese. Oh. <laughs> But I, I do like, how, especially if you're going up against Tampa, who has a line like that, you know, Perry and, and uh, Maroon. I like that line last night. And I think that Clifford and Blackwell gives it enough speed that it can play. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm thinking. I'm not disagreeing. No, that's okay. Yeah. I, I just don't have that many iterations here, not many options. I thought they, the focus of last night's game was to start thinking about what last. game one could look like. I will say I do like when that, they have the option to have two tough guys in Simmons and Clifford. Two two guys that when yeah. something happens, like Wilson, at least there's guys you go, well, who's going to do something? Well, there's, there's someone who's going to do something. two guys that there's might nice. do something. Are yeah. you now convinced, uh, are you on board with me and Sammy that Hull's out game two, if all things being equal, without injuries? You buy uh, more everyone's healthy? Yeah. No. No, I, I'm still, you guys are still wrong. I, I don't know how much better, I, I hate to say it, but I don't know how much better Muzzin is than Hall at this point. Like, I don't really think you're having a big drop well, off. Well, again, you're, you're talking about Muzzin who's yeah, at 70% or, or 65%. Are you, are you anticipating a big uptick I, in play? Because I'm not. That's all you can do. You yeah. have, you, you, they don't have their number one $6 million shutdown guy. There's going to catch up to them. But if he's a third-pair guy playing 16 minutes, you like having Jake Muzzin in that spot. But if he is 16 on the third pair, it's because you're getting him looking like he did last night and not the real Jake Muzzin. Yeah. Does that make sense it to does, you? It does, because if he looks like the real Jake Muzzin, he's getting 20. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. 
That's it's tough. It's I'm, tough. I'm concerned. Uh, you, you last night they, is the they, real Jake Muzzin. They, they can all stay healthy. Yeah, but because they really have looked so good with that he decor, is just not himself. That's for sure. And last night proved it. That's why he's out. And that's a good call. I don't know if Muzzin made the call or the the team made the call, but time to step back. It's the Tay Oscar where they saw Muzzin looking hesitant and they said we're not gonna let you take that next swing we're, we're gonna sit a couple out and try to get better. what are they saying about uh to oscar mm. better things than our boy matt chapman last night you guys didn't like that uh holy the way that game ended? i went to bed i went to bed pissed off how do you take the bat out of laddie's hands was a, when the bases are loaded it was a stock blooper freeze go back to first base that's little league stuff and chapman where are you gonna go to i i I'm, i was sick about it i actually couldn't sleep i was so mad <laughs> it's the fifth game of the season or whatever i couldn't i was actually so pissed off i couldn't sleep anyways i it's been much jay's jay's offense looking a little thin without tay oscar and danny jansen uh you guys saw the case of little buddha i brought you because i I, I screwed up with nyes <laughs> i did and you know I know where I went wrong when I first made the bet, mm. and that was... Oh, yeah, look at Morty. I, I didn't know. <laughs> I Natural did. peach tea and grilled pineapple and rosemary. Now nice. on raspberry coming soon. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Just in time for the weekend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's because it's because I, I, I didn't remember he was a freshman. That's why. Uh, that was the issue? That was well, the issue. Well, listen. And I, I didn't backpedal. I brought you a whole case. They're not cheap, you know, Sammy. Well, I know because I've been buying them, but <laughs> <laughs> no, they're under three bucks at yeah, the no, LCBO. Uh, it's, hey, it's great it's, value, premium you know, vodka. <laughs> it's nothing different than any other. Uh, uh, what are they? RTDs, ready to oh, drink? Nothing different, Sammy. Dying. They're only four percent, so you could drink it's like the a whole case. Drink. Yeah, yeah. I, I will probably have a couple when I go home tonight. Um, yeah. Tonight we got the Montreal. Oh, Can listen. Uh oh. Um, I'm saving my best Kippers Clipper. Oh, for this moment right now. Let's uh, listen. We talk about Sheldon Keith pumping up the tires of his players. Listen to this voice pump up this player. It's just long, and I leave myself an absolute grinder here to put it close to try to get a part, try to get a 79. I'm looking around and stalling for some reason. Let's see what I do here. And Boy, it's lovely. Not gonna lie, love that touch from there. Was worried about it, and I'm very happy that it went there. Now, will I hit this trembler for par? Will I execute the bottom of the cup, baby? A 79 at Don Valley. My boy Gary's thrilled. I'm thrilled. There's a scorecard. Thanks for watching. <laughs> that was our boy Sammy uh, describing himself golfing on TikTok. I got a Sam TikTok McKee on TikTok. Simon, you've lost your marbles, man. You've got to get some help. Hi. That is not normal behavior out of a person. <laughs> I'm <It's> not. <laughs> Kim, for this, you, everything is content you now, gotta man. Screw loose if you're spending time doing that. I have everything to. is content now. I'm the golf guy, buddy. God, I am embarrassed. <laughs> oh, my God. You That's, should be. Tomorrow, 9 a.m., uh, golf guys? Uh, 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. tomorrow? 9, nine, nine, nine to 10. For a 79 <laughs> at... Uh, how, many, how many takes at did you Valley. have to... None. How many takes did you have to make your 79? None. I was... I was... Had it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm flabbergasted. All right, you're not I, lying. I'm thrilled. <laughs> 
I, oh God. I'm Please. thrilled it's going to be a good drop down. Um, I will say that, yeah, played well yesterday. But yeah, I went to the, looked at my scorecard when I was on the 18th uh, tee box. I was like, I'm going to do a little video count. here. You're not supposed to count. I always count. Anyway, I'm not that big a mental midget. I can count. Anyways. Handle the pressure? Yeah. All right. Anyways. That's thanks, my best thanks, thanks uh, Kipper's Clipper. <laughs> thanks for throwing me under the bus there, buddy. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, get some TikTok followers right. out of the deal, Sam McKee. Um, yeah. Tonight, we got two games, the Winnipeg Jets and the Florida Panthers. Just no two games. Two games. The schedule's bizarre. Friday nights, there's just no you games. You know next week, there's almost 60 games. They're just packing them in. And then there's back-to-backs. I'm telling you, guys are going to be tired. They're going to get hurt. And they're going to be off... By game one. It, it's honestly going to be like the team that is the healthiest is going to have the best luck in the postseason, which you wonder, a team like Florida, let's say they build up a big lead, could they rest a bunch of guys and just be them the healthiest team? It'd be a huge advantage. Uh, Canadians plus 126 underdogs at home Saturday night. Carey Price in the net against the Islanders tonight. Minus 149. Anybody if he gets a shutout? Probably. What it is exactly though? Would you? I would need some. Would time you to put uh, a few bucks on that one, Sammy? I would not. Carry no. pitches uh, a shadow. No, I'll put your money on that one. <laughs> wow, that was fun today. Good show. Good show. Thanks for watching. Thanks for watching, everybody <laughs> listening. Bobby Bourne, Justin's yeah, thanks, dad, oh, a great God. guest. Doug McLean, Warren Buffett. We had Warren Buffett on today, aka Chris Pronger. Great week, guys. Our thanks to Derek, Jennifer, Sammy. Drink responsibly, Sammy, this weekend. No promises. All right, Justin, great as always, pal. Yeah, thanks, Thanks for all of you watching, listening. Give us a rating and review. Love hearing from you. See you on Monday. Real Kipper and Bourne.